Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. I don't know this song. I can't I sing along and I'm sad. Oh, Jessie Stevens. No, I hate them. They're stupid. I can sing it's all the carol, babe. Oh, what is it? Song oh. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I feel like Christmas carols set everyone up for disappointment because they try they try and make you excited and be like oh it's so wonderful why aren't you feeling good and it's like well maybe i don't feel good today maybe i'm in a bad mood silent night is not that cheery no, no it's not christmas i don't mind silent night <laughs> no <Maybe>. wonder <laughs> I don't, we need to draw a line between what's a christmas carol and what's a christmas song silent night is a christmas carol all I want for Christmas is you is a <laughs> Christmas the song. Christmas Mariah song. ain't singing any Christmas carols. Let's get that straight. <laughs> oh dear. Silent night. I like that it's melancholy. Holy night. Holy night. Pick up the pace, Frank. Lazy when he sings about virgins, isn't it? Everyone at school would giggle when it was virgin. Like, (laughs) (laughs) feel going, Jesse. Anyway, happy Christmas, guys. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Mia. Happy, happy holidays. Wait, when's Hanukkah? I'm Jewish. I'm allowed to say happy Christmas if I want to. You can't take that away from <laughs> Am me. Am I allowed to say happy Hanukkah then? You can say whatever you want, but it's not Hanukkah. 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 Maybe learn what it Where is. Where is Hanukkah? Hanukkah is not the big Jewish festival oh. and there's 12 days of it and it's finished. Oh. <laughs> and I always miss Hope it. a good one. It's on. <laughs> It was great, thanks. <laughs> that was a really good, quick little religious history lesson there, a little bit of religious education. We don't really celebrate it. But like for most people, Christmas is a secular thing for us, like Easter. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, Christians all over Australia are going, a secular celebration like Easter. No, but <laughs> most people celebrate Easter in a secular way. It's not about the crucifixion. It's about the eggs and the buns. Yes. And the bunnies. Anyway, whichever way you're hanging, it's December the 25th. Mm. It's Christmas Day. And you're listening to Mamma Mia Out Loud because we are the friends in your ears who won't desert you on what can be, for some, the loneliest day of the year. My name is Holly Wainwright. I actually bloody love Christmas. And the first thing that would have happened to me this morning is that my eardrum would have been blown by a small child screaming in it about gifts and chocolate. I'm Jessie Stevens, and the first thing that would have happened to me this morning is I will have woken up, not particularly early, but earlier than usual, to demand my presence. <laughs> and then uh, I would have given a wrapped gift to my dog so he doesn't feel left out. So he has something to open, Aww. just a little toy and then just a little chew. Do you buy your dog's presents, Mia? I'm Mia Friedman, and I am not with my dogs on Christmas Day because oh. we go to Byron. 
And my smallest dog is too old to fly anymore. And my youngest dog likes to bite anyone that wears sunglasses or hats. So it doesn't work well so on do a you beach leave holiday. Them, you don't leave them a present. So they're um, alone with no presents on Christmas. <laughs> Happy freaking no, Christmas. We send them off to a doggy farm. And Lord knows what happens with them. Actually, sometimes they post a video and they've got someone dressed up as Santa running around and the dogs Your are dogs chasing them. Your dogs would hate them. that. <laughs> Bella's chasing them, yeah. barking because it's wearing a hat. Anyway, <laughs> this isn't really a normal episode. It's a special Christmas-themed episode, which is just to make you all feel a little bit less alone today if you are. And if you are indeed with lots of people and cooking a lunch or driving somewhere or doing whatever those things are that you have to do on Christmas Day, we're right here with you. We're going to answer a few questions and we're going to give you a few pointers because we're so wise about how to avoid fighting with Uncle Dave over Christmas lunch today. But first... For everyone who's feeling a little bit meh, Christmas can be fun, but as Kate from Adelaide knows, it isn't always. She wrote in with this group therapy. I lost my dad in September. It was very sudden and I'm struggling enormously to keep it together. I've got two little kids, a husband and a busy job. There's no time to be sad, but my insides are aching. I just don't want to do Christmas this year. I want the day to disappear. Even thinking about it makes me feel heavy and like if I start crying, I won't stop. I've got no idea how I'm going to smile through it for the kids. Who's been through this? How can I celebrate anything when I just feel sad? Mia Friedman. I think that Christmas is even worse than your birthday in terms of if you are doing it tough, it's a real audit of your life and where you're at. And the reason that Christmas is worse, I think, is that it feels like there is such this commercial, everyone is in this state of cheer and there's no other option but to be happy. That's the only narrative. And you feel like there's no space for you to be miserable or sad or depressed or desolate. And I have had an experience where I had a miscarriage just a couple of weeks before Christmas a number of years ago. And that day was just absolutely devastating and shattering because I was meant to be heavily pregnant and I wasn't. And Christmas was just, I felt like there was no room for me to be sad. I felt that there was no available option because you have to be happy on Christmas. Everyone's happy. Ho, ho, ho. I always feel sad on days like that and not for any reason in particular, but birthdays and Christmas, I feel as though it's this setup. And this enormous expectation, I always feel let down and nostalgic. Uh, And Mm. with our family Christmas on Christmas Day, we lost our gran. And every year, um, my dad makes a point of like remembering all the people that used to be here who aren't here anymore. And I think that's really important. There's no rule that you've got to smile on Christmas Mm. Day. That's not the rule. Spend the day with people who miss your dad as much as you do and have a big cry because there's something so nostalgic about those days and I don't think you've got to fake it. I think that's excellent advice and Patria King who as you say Mia um, mm. you've got your no filter with which you can go back and listen to but she says that pretty much she, she does say in the pieces that she's written about this before and there is one on Mama Mia called The Empty Chair at the Christmas Table that you have to find a way that makes sense for you to grieve and if that means that you go out for a long walk on your own that day because if you've got little kids it is tough you do have to put on a happy face yeah. you don't really have the luxury if you've got little kids of just staying in bed all day you do have to 
deal with that. But she says exactly that. Find a way to do something that makes you feel like you're recognizing that space and that loss in the way that means something to you and then do what you have to do. I think also just changing your headspace and instead of going, I'm dreading it, I'm dreading it, which of course you are, but go, it's going to be the worst day. I've just got to get through it. Mm. And that's different to putting the pressure on yourself that, oh, but I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm not going to be able to meet society's expectations as to how I should feel on Christmas Day. Just go, it's like the dentist. It's like going for a pap smear. Think about that. I'm going to go to the dentist. I'm going to have a pap smear and I'm going to go and renew my license at the RTA all in one day. It's going to be like that, but I'm just going to get through it because I have to. Sometimes loss though and grief can really bring people together. So sometimes you can go and think it's going to be the worst day ever and it's actually extremely cathartic Mm. and you can leave feeling enormously grateful because that was something my gran uh, said just before she died she said the most important thing in your life is the people you meet and there's something about the people that you can take for granted who you spend Christmas with and it's like there are so many people who don't have anyone to spend Christmas with so if you're one of the people that do you look around the table and there are people missing it can remind you of how lucky you are to have your mother or your auntie or your uncle or whatever it is. I spent a lot of Christmases alone in my 20s because I came to Australia when I was uh, in my early 20s, ostensibly backpacking, but then I stayed and stayed and stayed. And I didn't have a family then, obviously, and I used to tag along to various friends, family lunches, whoever would have me. I'm absolute expert at being the orphan at Christmas lunch and what do I bring and making conversation with all the people I've never mm. met. But the tricky bit was waking up first thing in the morning um, when you're on your own and you would just feel this massive like, oh, I'm not with my people. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And it's your choice. In that instance, it's your choice, really, because you're the one who moved to the other side of the world, immigrated or moved cities or whatever it is. But you just have to find a way to deal with it. And I found a little ritual. This little ritual is going to make me sound like an alcoholic and I promise I'm not one. But one of the things I used to do when I knew that I would be spending the morning on my my own because you know often some nice person would invite you for lunch or whatever is I used to buy a mini bottle of champagne you know like one of those little piccolo ones and make a little box fizz so an orange orange yeah champagne and orange juice in a fancy glass and open my present that my mum would have sent me from home now I know that that I can see Jessie's face she's like that is the saddest thing I've ever heard but it wasn't it was lovely and what it what it was for me is it was trying to mark what there was no point in trying to pretend it was like any other day. It was like a little celebration. I was by myself. I was having this special drink. And then I'd go out for a walk and it's sunshiny and so different to an English Christmas anyway. And I'd kind of remind myself why I'm here, why I'm alone. And the thing that's amazing about that is that A, people are very kind and Australians are very kind. So lots of people, they would always invite me to something. So you turn up at the orphans Christmas. But now, of course, I have my own family in Australia and every Christmas morning, I know it sounds so cheesy, but I feel unbelievably lucky to have my Australian family now. And we make our own traditions because obviously they're very different to the ones that I grew up with in bleak old Manchester. And I get a lot of joy out of that. Can I make another suggestion too, actually? Christmas, delete Instagram and Facebook. If you know it's going to be a rough day, delete the apps. So there is that, no matter how good my Christmas is, Instagram makes me feel like shit because it's like you just go through and there's these picturesque ridiculously fun someone showing like a picture of their 
55 presents and I'm like what like that's just not good for yeah. you so just delete the happy apps. family yeah. exactly Christmas outfits exactly. yeah no nah, and nah. someone's getting proposed to yep. every Christmas morning and all those things like yes exactly don't look stay off the socials and just a shout out for some of the other people that Christmas is hard for if you have recently had a breakup or a divorce you might be spending Christmas without your kids because yes. it might be your ex's <gasps> turn to have the kids if you have an eating disorder, Christmas can be really challenging because so much of it is around food. Uh, if you have anxiety, Christmas can be a real bitch or depression or any mental health challenge. Uh, and if you're an introvert, Christmas mm. can be really difficult. Also, if you're estranged from your family, there's a lot of smooshing together and at alcohol, what could possibly go wrong, oh, no. of families who might not get on that well or various people in the family that might get on that well. The other people that Christmas is really hard for is if you are struggling with infertility, there's Mm. something about Christmas or you've struggled with pregnancy loss or that you've obviously lost someone, it can be a really tough time. Even if you're grieving someone you never have got to meet. And you know who else we should shout out to? The people who are working. Oh, yes. There are nurses working, there are bus drivers and there are people shop people. in hospitality. Yeah, exactly. Lots of people in hospitality who are working today and they probably wish that they were sitting around eating prawns, mm. but they're not. We see you. We love you. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Oh, hi. Who is it? It's carol singers. If you are spending Christmas with people who you either don't know very well or don't see very often, and you are maybe an introvert, you might need a bit of help in how to start those conversations. Jesse, you often talk about how being shy, you really struggle with that. But how do I just start talking to these people who I don't really know very well? I find this really hard because I don't really know how to start a conversation. And also, I I find it particularly hard with adults. So my first tip that I've discovered is that if you're finding the whole thing a bit overwhelming, find the dog or the child. I spend most of my Christmas Mm -hmm. with the babies sitting on the kids' table because no social anxiety involved with a six-year-old. They are so easy to read and like (laughs) I'm so on their level. We can talk about their friends and stuff and it's very interesting. But I do find now, which was a tip that I think I got from you guys, the question, what are you watching or what are you listening to or what are you reading? Oh my God. That's just like... What do you think about this one? Because we Googled a few conversation starters and these, a lot of these are from Gretchen Rubin, who is very smart about all things. She says pretty much that, but she says, what are you working on? Yes. What are you busy with? Because often I don't know what people do for a living or I don't understand it. So it's like, I can't really say how's work. And that also gives them the option to not talk about work if they don't want to, or if they've just been made redundant. What are you busy with? I like. Yeah, Mm. exactly right. What are you busy with at the moment? The other thing is, is if you find yourself at a party where you don't necessarily know everybody, you know, you've been invited to one of those Christmas Mm. drinks things. The old, how do you know our host 
But though that can be fraught because they might be like, well, I saw you here last year and the year before and then you're a bit embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> or what brings you here today? What do you think about that one? Oh, no, I think that's really naff. Naff? What brings you here today? <laughs> the food? My well, car? fine fellow. <laughs> Google news topics before you go. Or, of course, just jump onto Mamma Mia for some things to talk about so that you can go up to people and go, so how about them blah, blah, blah? I like that. <laughs> Mia's like, no. You could be like, quick quiz, who's the Prime Minister? I've forgotten. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that I don't know. That gets a little bit awkward when someone at the table doesn't like the refugees, which happens at, seemingly always. at every family Christmas. Or someone, does like Trump. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. She also basically advises you to fake it to get through it. So if someone says that makes a joke, even if it's not very funny, laugh. I can't do that. Some people have a great <laughs> yeah. fake laugh. It's so that. good. Mine is, I've done it and I've had people at the table turn around and go, oh, that was really, because it's like, <laughs> like it's high pitched and oh, it's horrible. It sounds like a dolphin. Just like, I find that a tight lipped smile and a nod will do the job. It'll let them know that you disapprove of the joke, <laughs> but that you're a polite person. You just put your mouth together and just go, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I still think you cannot go past what's the best thing you've watched on Netflix this year. Yeah. And I think Netflix now is kind of code for television. Yes. Or I need a book to read this summer. What do you suggest? Although books can get a little bit specific yeah. and someone will go and also people can get too into oh, I read this great biography of this World War Two, And they're talking uh, about some 1916 pilot battle. fighter and like, something nah, and then they can go bad. into a lot of detail and then you're stuck. But if you say what's the best thing you watched on Netflix this year, what should I watch next? Then you can kind of jump around. They'll go, oh, The Sinner and blah. Oh, did you like that? I wasn't sure. And is it a bit like Homeland? And, you know, it's more of a two-way conversation. She did. Gretchen Rubin had this. This is the worst idea she's ever come up with. I respect her a lot, but this was appalling. She said that if you're stuck in a conversation that's not going well, then it's best to acknowledge it. Yes. She says that what you should do is say, we're really working hard, aren't we? (gasps) Or it's frustrating. I'm sure we have interests in common, but we're having a difficult time finding them. Can you imagine? (laughs) If someone said that to me, I'd be like, I'm going to go and cry in the toilet for the rest you know, of the afternoon. Do you know, she wrote, she's the author of the book called The Happiness Project. Mm. And I read, I bought that book because I think that she does have some really interesting things to say. It was the most unhappy <laughs> project. She's just, she's, she's very so organized and straight. regimented. Yeah, yes. she's very kind of earnest. We can asked, you imagine that going, oh, no, gee, this you, isn't going well, is it, Holly? I know. Can you imagine? This conversation, it's really awkward. I would die. I would just be like, oh, I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> Why don't anyway? you tell you my best joke and do a dance for you? With what a- you really do, everybody knows this, is you just go, excuse me, I've just got to get a, and then you go and sit in the toilet with your phone for 20 minutes. Yeah, That's yeah. what you really do. Yeah. Anyway, we also know that at Christmas, you might be stuck next to that person who's going to ask you the questions that you really don't want to be asked or that are just downright rude, like, why are you still single? And why why haven't you guys had a baby yet? And are you getting married anytime soon? And oh, are you still working there? And you need a few comebacks up your sleeve. So we asked our Mamma Mia crew what some of their best comebacks are for those kind of sticky questions. My go-to line for awkward Christmas conversations is to ask the person if they got any nice presents. I just let someone else save me. I'd probably say something like, why do you ask? But really innocently and put it back on them. I'm in a relationship with my career. I've got to go to the bathroom. Our last Christmassy group therapy, Hannah, she wants to know, I always get gifted things I'll never use. My question is... Is it really rude to exchange gifts or sell them? 
No, that is so not rude. Of course you should do that. The only rule is that you can't do it in a forum where the person who gifted it to you might see it. So don't get a present and then on Boxing Day be like, anyone want this perfume that I got? <laughs> like, you can't do that. It's got to be a lot more subtle. Go sell it on eBay or something if you need to. Re-gift it. I'm all about the re-gift. Bit of recycling. But you know what? Some advice for this. I don't like it when people get presents that they really don't like, but they didn't give anyone a bone when they asked what they wanted. So to save from waste, when someone says, what do you want? Think about it and be specific. Tell them a book. Tell them the exact perfume that you want, whatever it is, so that you don't end up with a whole lot of gifts you don't want. Like my dad gives us nothing and then we give him presents. He's clearly apathetic and then we find them in his drawer 15 years later. I have changed when it comes to this because I like surprises. I do. And for years I would never tell anyone what I wanted. If, if, if Brent or my best friend or anyone would say what job for Christmas, I'd say, oh, I don't mind. Surprise me. And then one year, in fact, one of the early years when I was dating Brent, he gave me a CD for Christmas. But worse than that, he gave me a CD for Christmas that the cellophane had already been unwrapped off because, and this is like quite a long time ago, because he had already burnt it for himself and then <gasps> gave me the CD. Ooh, there's no. so many levels of wrong about that. <laughs> Why couldn't he wait till you opened it to burn it? <laughs> yeah. Like, where were you going? Can you believe I'm still with this person? There's so many layers of not getting laid after this I know. to that present. And he always tells me, about a time when with an ex he bought her underwear for Christmas and it was like the wrong like, size. and also like red lacy like not how she uh. saw herself and she didn't speak to him for a week and I'm like babe maybe don't buy surprise presents anymore no. so these days I am specific but there's nothing more glorious than opening something that you've got no idea what it is I can't that that gives me anxiety I don't and know. then you've got to act you've got to go but what if it's amazing? We this do is never amazing. Amazing, It will never be Holly. as amazing as anything I can buy for myself because I know what I want because I am me. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> We've got a no presents for adults rule in my birth family, my family of origin, and in the family that I made, and it's glorious. It's also a lot no, cheaper. I like presents. I no. think I told you guys about my mum being the worst. Pre- she gets upset every time I say this, but she's very bad at presents. And the year she bought me a blender because I was working at Boost. And she thought that was funny. It wasn't (laughs) funny. And then she'll buy me like the world's ugliest dressing gown when I asked for something specific. So now I think if you honestly don't know what to get someone and there are people who have everything, if you're buying for someone who knows how to shop for themselves, they can't give you anything, buy them a charity, like a $50 voucher for for a charity. For people listening to this, it's all too late. Because the presents have been bought. Although you can take on board and make this someone else's gift, can't you? Or just sell it and... But that's the question is, can you say that? So if you give someone the wrong present and they open it and they go, oh, are they allowed to just sell it or pass it on? I would be upset if they did that, but I also understand that it needs to the be. The best is when you've got kids and they get given the treehouse book for the eighth time and they go, I've got eight of these. Yeah, I know. Don't say that. <laughs> Last Christmas, Billy got the same Hot Wheels set six times. <laughs> Oh, you know, that's the oh, most extensive Hot Wheels track. Tr- so <laughs> then you say we're taking it down and donating it. Exactly. To of the course. Smith family. So, yes, I think your answer to your question, Hannah, is it's not necessarily rude to exchange gifts or sell them, but I think it's always better to not tell people you're doing that. Oh, Agree. don't tell anyone, act like you like it. Thank you for listening to us on Christmas. We very much enjoyed spending today with you or a little slice of your day. We want to send you all our love. We hope your stockings are stuffed, not with presents, but with love, with self-love, 
Yes, with self-love, with the people that mean anything to you, and we will be back with you. Oh, you think you're getting away from us? No, we're back tomorrow. <laughs> because tomorrow, on Boxing Day, you will get Mia, Jesse, and myself's recommendations for what to fill your holiday with, if indeed you're having one, what to read, what to listen to, and what to watch. Thank you to the marvellous Eliza Ratliff who spent her Christmas producing this show. Happy Christmas. It's nearly over. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah.